Alright everybody, hello and welcome to the 411 Ground and Pound MMA Podcast. I'm Robert Winfrey and I'm not going to lie, it's good to be back. I kind of enjoyed some of the time off, but uh, man, my sleep schedule has been completely wrecked and I've missed, you know, talking about live fights, enjoying live fights, the whole nine yards. Um... I'm flying solo again, but next week, this is part of the reason we're having this show, uh, because the UFC now has come out with a bit of a plan for their immediate future, if nothing else, and I figure that's worth at least a quick update. Uh, So next week, we should be back into the swing of things, assuming nothing catastrophic changes about the UFC's plans. Not a given, but assuming. So let's uh, start with the beginning here. The the big plan at the moment uh, stems around the state of Florida, where the current governor took a... <laughs> I hate to phrase it this way, but essentially took an $18.5 million payout from Vince McMahon, uh, again, kind of indirectly, but to keep to have sports organizations and sport and people related to sport uh, sport events be declared essential employees. Now, they're the only state that's done this right now. They probably will be the only state that does this uh, for the immediate foreseeable future at any rate. It's a bizarre thing to say because if we're talking about essential in the grand scheme of essential, sports do not qualify. But... Uh, it is the conclusion they arrived at, and i that's the world we're living in. What, well, what I think of it is essentially irrelevant. Uh, the UFC's plan at the moment is on May 9th to host UFC 249, which is still going to be the name of the event. They're not... That's a bit of an odd decision, but they're, that's what they're going with. It will be held in Jacksonville, Florida at the uh, Vistar Veterans Memorial Arena. Uh, just a, apparently a fairly well-known arena in Jacksonville. And the fight card, uh, as currently announced, looks a little something like this. Your main event, the UFC rebooked Tony Ferguson and Justin Gagey for the interim lightweight title. Dana White's been making the round saying that the winner will definitely fight Khabib. I call a little bit of BS on that. Uh, first of all, whoever wins this fight, uh, let me start with this. While it is possible for there to be a quick result to this fight where the victor comes out relatively healthy, I don't find that a highly likely outcome. <laughs> Again, impossible? No. Likely? Yeah. Not so much, um, especially the way these two fight. They might take a require a slightly longer period of time to recover. Again, this is pursuant to how the fight goes, but if it's the kind of fight logic seems to suggest we would get, uh, we're going to get a bit of a war. There's going to be a lot of blood. There's going to be a lot of concussive blows. And whoever wins is going to wind up needing a bit of time to recover. Now, that might line up with Khabib's timetable. It might not. Uh, There's also, again, injury-related issues that might be rearing their head. Uh, That's a bit speculative on my part, so who knows. But, 
I think the UFC is still very much in the we want to get to Conor Khabib too. And if something happens to the winner of this fight, if they're out for a while, uh, you know that's what the UFC is going to jump on. So, uh, again, the UFC, Dana White in particular, I think they're saying the right the things that they feel they have to say, but I don't think their heart is in that fight at the moment. Uh, just my opinion. Uh, let's see. Co-main event, a bantamweight title fight between champion Henry Cejudo and former champion Dominic Cruz. This fight came out of nowhere. Uh, for those of you who may... Uh, this was supposed to be Henry Cejudo and Jose Aldo at UFC 250, which I didn't like either. Jose Aldo, an all-time great, no wins at bantamweight. Uh, Dominic Cruz, in my opinion, probably the best bantamweight ever. Uh, certainly the one with the uh, even as much time as he's lost. One of the better track records in the division. Uh, but Dominic Cruz, much as uh, as much esteem as I hold him in, hasn't fought since December of 2016. The man has not had a fight during the entire current presidential administration. And now he's leapfrogging deserving contenders. Now, I don't I, I don't like it. I just I do not care for this fight and I do not care for what I think it I, I think this gives us a really, really potentially ugly path for the division going forward. Now, what I mean by that, and maybe I'm being overly cynical here, I'll freely admit that, I, I, don't, I don't think it matters who wins either. Now, let's take the hypothetical. Let's say Henry Cejudo wins. Very possible. Man's an exceptional fighter. If he wins, you know... I think what they're going to try to do is rebook his fight with Jose Aldo. Potentially. That that one might get lost, but if it's not Aldo, Frankie Edgar's probably got tenure, right? So he gets some form of preferential treatment. So I, I just feel like the next two title challengers is some combination of so who if Cruz wins they might try to do a rematch just throwing it out there depending on how he wins you're probably looking at some combination of like Cejudo Aldo Edgar for the next couple of fights and I mean you know, some are pursuant to that you're probably going to get this title defended if you're lucky two more times in 2020 if you're lucky uh it, Cruz, if he wins, I mean, do we have to talk about his history of injuries? I shouldn't. And you know what happens at the end of 2020, first quarter of 2021, right? Now, you may have forgotten this, but I believe that's when TJ Dillashaw's suspension will be up. And the UFC has intermittently been very high on TJ Dillashaw, so they might shove him back in there. Now, you might be saying, well, what's wrong with all that? Uh, well, a couple of things. One, if they do if they do go to Edgar, might be a bit of a stretch, but the UFC has stretched for Frankie Edgar in the past. Uh, a rematch between Cruz and Cejudo might not be, you know, might not necessarily be relevant. But I feel like that's kind of the direction they're leaning. Uh, 
You know, it wouldn't shock me. I'd be disgusted, but it wouldn't shock me if the UFC went, sure, here's Uriah Faber again. For no reason. Uh, just saying, wouldn't shock me. Um, if Cody if Cody Garbrandt potentially floating out there, if he beats Austin Sal, maybe. I mean, he's had a pretty rough skid lately, but st- it's still a possibility. Now, all that is to say, if you are Aljamain Sterling, top contender, beaten top five ranked opponents, Marlon Marais, beat Jose Aldo, former title challenger, he fought Cejudo for the vacant belt. Peter Yan, on a tear, beaten top-ranked guys and a commercially and a known name commodity in the form of Uriah Faber, who he knocked out in the third round. Or even a rising contender like Corey Sandhagen, you're getting the shaft. And I think there's another thing that's going to happen. I think come 2021. Now, some of this is again, I'm speculating and I'm kind of playing some pieces out here. There's a lot of variables, obviously. But the UFC is super high on Sean O'Malley. Uh, and if he gets another couple of wins uh, you know, in roughly the same fashion that he did his most recent one, he might get hot-shotted up there. They they seem to like him. So, again, I just have to point out, if you're, if you're Aljamain Sterling or Peter Yawn, you're kind of getting the shaft. And I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. The situation right now, especially as it pertains to, you know, how the world operates in the midst of the pandemic, is still a very fluid thing. But, uh, I don't know, I, I can very easily see them going that route, going the route of... Uh, we'll go with another couple of aging stars to try and milk some name value out of them. And then, in the time it takes us to run through those two or three names, we'll have another crop of guys up, either rising guy like O'Malley or a returning Dillashaw or something similar. And I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Uh, and I again, I don't think it matters who wins here. I mean... I will say this, as a pure point of athletic achievement, if Dominic Cruz comes back from a three, not three, not quite three and a half year layoff, like three and a fourth, three and a third, depends on when it was in December, so very nearly three and a half years off and beats Henry Cejudo for the title, that will be a remarkable accomplishment to tack on to his, you know, other remarkable accomplishments, I guess. So, I'm not giving my predictions here. That will be next week. So, if you want my thoughts on who's going to win, be back in a week, hopefully, with Jeff, and we can talk some of these fights out more specifically. But I'm not a fan of not a fan of that fight and what I think it leads to in the division's immediate future. Now, again, some of this is just trying to make the best out of what you got in terms of availability, travel restrictions, etc. And I do understand that. But the fact that this was originally Cejudo and Aldo uh, just leads me to think there's there's a direction of thinking there that they're trying to use. I think I saw on Twitter, it might have been Grabaka Hitman, or someone replying to him when talking about this fight and what we think is going to happen. 
it feels like the UFC is applying the logic of money fights to people who have not been documented to draw money. I think that's a fair assessment, in all honesty. So, that's where that is. Uh, that's your co-main event. Next up, because we can't have... Uh, we have Francis Ngannou versus Jarzinho Rosenstruck. Uh, Alright. I mean, it, it, look, if I sound down on this card, let me be clear. If we're just talking about the fights uh, in kind of a vacuum, this is a pretty stacked card. Um, you have Ngannou and Rosenstruck. Which should be good. I'm kind of sad that was supposed to be a main event, I seem to recall. I, I would like to see that over five rounds, more so than over three. Odd thing to say about heavyweights, I know. Uh, again, not sure who I give to the edge to right now, but that's your that's the fight. Uh, Jeremy Stevens versus Calvin Cater. Good fight. And kicking off the pay-per-view card, because we really can't have nice things, Greg Hardy and Jorgen DeCastro. I don't know what to... The fact that this is on the pay-per-view card and any number of the fights I'm about to read off are not is disgusting. It borders on disgusting. ESPN likes Greg Hardy because of his name recognition. I get it. But... I don't think that man should be on pay-per-view right now. I mean, if we're talking just his overall ability, I don't think he's a UFC-caliber fighter. But... Ugh. Save that rant for a little bit later, I guess. Uh, on the prelims, we have a rematch between Donald Cerrone and Anthony Pettis. Not on the pay-per-view. Uh, I mean, in all fairness, they're both on losing streaks. So, I... Is Pettis on a losing streak? I know... What's he done? Yeah, he's lost his last two. It was... Oh, yeah, it was Diaz and then Fajaya. Um. So, yeah, he's on a two-fight losing streak. Cerrone's on a three-fight losing streak, I think. Yeah, Tony, Gagey, and Connor. Yeah. God, that is a rough stretch of fights for anybody. Especially in the time frame he did it. He did all of that inside of a calendar year. Those three guys. Nuts. Just nuts. And he was finished in all of those, too. I mean, sure, the Ferguson one was more medical-related, but he was getting beat up. Then... Gagey knocks him out. Connor knocks him out. I don't know. Uh, shame it's not on the main card. Uh, Fabricio Verdum is back. Sur surprise, surprise. Taking on Alexi Olenek. Not sure how this one plays out again. Full predictions will be in next week. But solid enough heavyweight fight, I guess. Carlos Barza versus Michelle Watterson. Not a bad fight. Uh, Uriah Hall and Jacare will be fighting Jacare back at middleweight. I don't think these two have fought before. Uh, no, they have not. Uh, not a bad fight, actually, but, I mean, Jacare's getting up there. Um, Hall coming off of a win he was kind of lucky to get against Antonio Carlos Jr. Could easily have gone the other way. Um, yeah, yeah, solid fight. And then our early prelims. All the way on the early prelims. Jeez, Vicente Luque and Nico Price. That is a crazy fight. They've been trying to make that for a while. That is a cr Those are two crazy people. Uh, have they fought before, now that I think about it? Yeah, these two fought back in 2017, and uh, Luque defeated Price with a Darce. I'm down for the rematch. Uh, 
Price seems to be finding himself a little bit more. Luke coming off of that loss to Steven Thompson that snapped a, a giant winning streak of his. Uh, Bryce Mitchell will fight Charles Rosa. Eh. I mean, it'll probably be a scrappy fight, but I'm nah, I'm not all that interested. And then kicking everything off, Ryan Span and Sam Alvey. God, Sam Alvey. Ugh. That's all I have to say about Sam Alvey fights. Ugh. So anyway, that's 249 as it currently stands. Uh... The other one of the things that came out about this, the UFC is planning on running very rapid cards. Uh, they want to run three cards in a week, basically. They want one run one run on May 9th, one on the 13th, that would be a Wednesday, and then one on that 16th, uh, that that Saturday. And I'll go over those cards very briefly in a second. I'm very curious about why that decision was made. Um, okay, I, I get it. The UFC hit a unprecedented snag, and we lost, you know, uh, how many events did we just straight up lose? One, two, three, four, five, six events. Yeah, uh, yeah. We they lost six events, maybe seven, depending on how accurate the list is I'm looking at. They lost the London card, Woodley and Edwards, the Ohio card, Ngannou and Rosenstreich, Overeem and Harris in Portland, two, the original 249 on the 18th, uh, the 20, the event on the 25th, and then the event that was supposed to take place on the 2nd. Uh, so, yeah, they lost at least those six events. And... They're not trying to pick up just, okay, and then we'll go week to week to week. It feels like they're trying to make up for those six events. And I bring this up just because I'm, I, and I would like to know this. I, I don't know if this is public knowledge and I just can't find it or if I'm lazy or stupid or what, all of which may be true. I am far from the world's greatest investigative journalist. I'm not either of those things neither investigator nor a journalist, but if the UFC's contract with ESPN, which is very lucrative, if it doesn't have some language in it that obligates them to a certain number of live events. I know this is one of the things that came out, I think, about uh, WWE's deal, that they are obligated to provide 40-some-odd weeks of live television for... uh, I can't remember if this was for Fox or USA... Uh, one of the two. But it's specifically in there that they have to produce X number of live, at least X number of live events a year. Or else, uh, again, there's an or else attached to that, right? If you don't, you're in breach of contract. So I do wonder if the UFC doesn't have a similar kind of sort of Damocles hanging over their head. If, you know, they get a flat fee for every event they put on. They get a split of whatever the pay-per-view on ESPN Plus does. They get the ad, whatever ad revenue they can. I mean, there's a lot of somewhat diversified streams there. But at the same time, if there's not some big you know, number that they're beholden to reach, like you must produce, I'll say 40 for the sake of argument. So you have to produce 40 events for ESPN platforms, 
whatever that happens to be, in the year of 2020, or you get less money to kind of situation, no money maybe. I mean, no would be a big because they are paid. You know, it, there are some obligate, there are some you know contractual mandates in place, but if there's not some kind of benchmark, like okay, well we have to pay you so long as you produce X, but if you actually produce X minus two or X minus one, if you want to be really noodly, then you get, then you know, there's a, you know, some kind of tiered pay structure there where you get less money. Um, I, I wonder if that's the case. I'm not sure, but I do, I do wonder about that because that's really the only real explanation I can kind of come up with in my head as to why the UFC would start trying to run three shows a week. If we to go to Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, etc., until they make up that number, that amount of content. The UFC is not an altruistic organization. They're not doing this to try and help the fighters make money. I mean, that's a smokescreen that'll probably be thrown up if you happen to ask about this. Don't you want the fighters to get paid? Yeah, I do. Should be paid more to begin with. It should be getting 50% or thereabouts of the television deal you signed. Said they get nothing. And again, 50% is kind of on the high end, but 40... I know this This change is apparently like due to le- uh, between the different leagues. I think the basketball players, I think the NBA players right now get like 48% of the television deal. So something roughly commensurate with that. You know, that 40 to 50% range. I mean, the the UFC pays them some, like, 15% of their total revenue stream. I mean, they try to claim it's, like, 20, but they also include a couple of bogus procedures in fighter compensation, like USADA. Uh, so it's lower than 20%. Uh, so, point being, they'll probably say, don't you want fighters to get paid? And, well, the reality is... The UFC doesn't really want to pay fighters what they're worth anyway. So, again, it's kind of a smokescreen argument. I would just like to know if there's not some kind of big financial incentive for the UFC to produce a certain amount of content rather than just content in a general sense. Because if there's not some kind of external pressure like that, this doesn't really make a lot of sense. I mean, granted, the UFC has certainly made moves in the past that were somewhat nonsensical, but this would be uh, this is a real allocation of resources and personnel and time and et cetera et cetera et cetera. Um, so I imagine there's got to be some kind of financial payoff for them uh, beyond just you know uh, not again not just to resume the machine turning but to try and make up the events that they missed already. That, that seems like an odd thing. And I, I, so again, I have to imagine there's some kind of con, uh, language in the contract that incentivizes this. Because otherwise, I don't think they'd do it, just in all honesty. But, so again, the currently announced events, such as they are right now, the May 9th one, UFC 249, which went over, on the 13th would be Fight Night 175. Uh, I think they mentioned... Um, the Herman, uh, the Hermanson, uh, 
the Smith and Teixeira fight would headline that. And then the 176 one has currently announced um, Harris and o- Walt Harris and Alistair Overeem as the main event there. So th- again, there's a lot of moving pieces still here. Uh, I mean, the, the main event for this was uh, supposed to be Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker, which is a heck of a fight. Uh, that, again, fell through due to pandemic concerns. I, I mean, I don't think Hooker could get into the country right now. Or if he could, he might wind up locked down once he gets here. So I, I don't blame the guy. And again, it sucks because that's a great fight, but that's where it kind of currently stands. Those fight cards haven't really been fully put together yet. I imagine this coming at some point over this following week, we'll get what they fully we get their full lineups as they expect them to be. Now again, things could change, but. As it currently stands, that's kind of where we are with the state of mixed martial arts. Uh, as of this recording, at some ungodly hour early in the morning on Monday the 27th of April. Yeah, it's like 4 in the morning here because my sleep schedule is wrecked. I'm not kidding about that. I have like completely inverted it. I'm going to have to spend the next week uninverting it <laughs> to try and... Because I really don't want to wind up, you know, waking up at four in the afternoon uh, to try for an event that started an hour and a half ago, you know. So I get to try and put myself back onto a normal schedule, and we will see what happens with that event. Again, if things currently stand on paper, then next week Jeff and I will be back together, and we will have a full preview of UFC 249. Uh, and I. Th- think that's everything from me right now, so short episode. Just kind of to give you an update on the state of things as they stand, and next week we'll be back, hopefully with a full regular show. Not gonna lie, I have missed those. Uh, Again, breaks are nice, minor vacations are nice, but I have missed the regular format, and I've missed talking to Jeff, so we'll be back next week. Well, you know, if the event, if the whole thing falls apart, we'll have another podcast anyway. So at a bare minimum, we will be back next week. Thank you all very much. Hope you're having a. Hope you're all staying safe out there. I always, I always advise that, even before the pandemic. But stay safe, and please, please, as always, continue to be well, be safe, and behave.